Well, hello everybody. Welcome to season two, episode thirty-three. It is the Baggies broadcast. I'm your host Nathan Judah. I am here with West Brom correspondent, as ever, Mr. Matthew Wilson. Matt. How is it going in the wacky world of West Bromwich Albion? Yeah, it's going well, thanks. I'm all right. Um, look, it, it's all good. Six points from six. <laughs> Post more. Everything's rosy in the garden. I mean, it is. It is bizarre. It's been a bizarre few couple of seasons. Look, I think in the later or earlier on this week, there's a new manager in the next seventy-two hours. Then it's like, are we going to wait? And they're going to wait to the international break. Now it's James Shan's going to be in charge of Birmingham City and potentially to the end of the season. What What's going on? I mean, just maybe put some clarity on it, if you can do, because it's very difficult, I'm sure. So I think the the first thing to... to well, the place to start from is probably Darren Moore's sacking, isn't it? Yeah, I, let's, I let's go from so. there, yeah. Um, now, I think the reason... There has been a... A concern voiced among supporters about why would you sack Darren Moore if you didn't have a replacement locked in? Yeah. Um, which I think, considering there's ten games to go uh, at that stage, is a valid concern. But I think you have to remember why Darren Moore was sacked, and it wasn't necessarily because just because of of the results, although obviously. One point from a possible nine mm. had left Albion with a mountain to climb, and a mountain they probably weren't going to climb under Darren Moore. Um, I think it was more to do with the fact that um, they were on a downward trend. I personally don't think they would have won these last two games. Oh, that's interesting. I had, wanted to ask you about really had had more been in charge. Really? Um, well, the game against it. I mean, look, losing one nil to Sheffield United. Is not is, is it's not disgraceful, no, but the game right. against Leeds and the game against Ipswich were really concerning. Okay, um, and listen, Darwin got quite lucky against Swansea. There mm. was never a three nil game. Mm. Um, it could have been three 0 for Swansea on another night, um, and but they looked better against Brentford, particularly in the second half. And it was the fact that James Shan has changed it. Changed to a more pragmatic approach. He's playing four five one. He's gone back to basics. He's made Alwyn hard to beat again, um, and it's paid off. So I don't think Darren would have delivered those victories. I think the cl- I think the team and the relationship was on a downward trend. Then you've also got to factor in the Graham Jones uh, factor, which is you know you had a number two who was having too much of an influence over the team, who was on his way to Luton at the end of the season. Okay, put it, put it, put it, so, go on, sorry, go on. Garrett, carry on, go on. So, two questions to you, for you, for you then. Um, if Darren Moore had been in charge and won these two games, would we be talking about Darren Moore 100% being in charge until the end of the season? And the second question is, when he did get sacked, was the board fearful that they were going to miss out on the playoffs altogether, and that was kind of like one of the main. I reasons. think so. Yeah, that, the, the the answer to the first question is I don't I don't know because I suppose in, in an alternative reality where they don't sack Darren Moore and he wins these two games, like I said, I don't think that would have happened. Um, you know, you got to remember Brentford were on a seven game beat mm. and beat seven game winning streak at home. Mm. Um, Albion hadn't won at home in 2019. It just felt it felt like things were going awry. Um, look. 
Well, what I'm saying is, is it, was it less about the results and more about the person and, and what was yeah, going on? Yeah, I think on? it was more about what was... Yeah, I think it was as much about what was going on behind the scenes. Um, in terms of... What was the second question? Um, that's a good question now. I've forgotten. It um, was a really good question. I can't remember it was, it was about Darren Moore. Oh, mine's gone blank. So is mine. What did you... I, I agreed with it, whatever it was. I couldn't believe... I can't remember what it was. The, the listeners will be screaming at, at, at their... I know, I know, I know. Ah! <laughs> oh. um, I've completely forgotten. I've, I've completely... My, my mind's gone blank. I can't remember. But my, it'll, it'll, it'll come back to us. Um, but James Shan then, so so in charge, and do you think... Has James Shan always had managerial aspirations to, to manage at the top level, do you feel? Um, I th- well, I, I, I imagine so. He's a very driven coach, but... It's not necessarily about. It's not necessarily about that. It's not really necessarily about James Shan, who's done a who's done a good job. You know, I mean, think about the short, the decisions he's made, which is um, bring Chris Brunt back into the fold for the Swansea game, mm-hmm. scores one, sets one up, mm-hmm. inspired performance. Brings Carl Edwards in for the um, for the Brentford game, scores the winner, played really well, inspired, yeah. inspired choice. Um, it. it I think when they when they sat down more, I think initially they would have wanted to um, have someone in place. Obviously, Slavisa Jukanovic was the, probably the initial target early on, um, and that didn't happen. Um, and then attention was turned to sort of the likes of David Wagner and Alex Neal. And, and and those two those two managers are not available until the summer for two different reasons. Wagner doesn't want to get back into work until the summer. Um, he he's also got a, an agreement with Huddersfield, which means that Albion would have to pay Huddersfield a significant amount of compensation if mm. he got a job before the end of the season. Um, and obviously Neil um, is currently in a playoff race with Preston. Now, at Preston would not want to let him go at this stage of the season. Um, even if he was keen on the on the Albion job, which I believe he is or would be, I, I would wager that even he was having reservations about leaving at this stage of the season. If you think about what you could sure. achieve with yeah. Preston, and, yeah. and you know, it's so it the the timing i suppose of the sacking is is has sort of had a knock on effect in the sense that we're at towards the end of the of the season and you've got and considering the, the board don't know what division albion are going to be in next year it is difficult to plan ahead and get a manager who is right for both divisions because you're going to have two different um remits next season depending on what division you're in now there is an argument that the right manager is the right manager regardless and and he should be sought out um, whether you're in the Championship or the Premier League mm-hmm. because he fits your club and fits mm-hmm. your mould. Um, but I think that does have to be taken into account. I also think you have to take into account the fact that perhaps the, the managers that they want or they'll be more available in the summer um, and then you have the situation where James Shan comes in and, and, and does what he's done, yeah. which, you know, yes, the Swansea game could have been different, but he's um, 
He's made Albin more pragmatic. He's done perhaps what Darren Moore wanted, what lots of people want in, inside and outside the club wanted Darren Moore to do uh, by making them more pragmatic and it's delivered results. Um, I can see the logic in leaving him in charge for the Birmingham City game and potentially even to the end of the season. I can see the logic in it. My only concern is that, um, and, and, and I disagree with the notion that um, he is simply Darren Moore Mark II because I, don't, mm. I think what we've seen in the first two games is that he's not. I also think that what we saw throughout the season was not necessarily Darren Moore. No. But it was more Graham Jones's um, ideas of how a team should be run. So going back, going back to that, I can see the logic in leaving J- James Shan in place um, because I think he's a very bright, mm. diligent coach who seems to have got got together a formation that the players are happy with that suits them and mm-hmm. has delivered a couple of results. But my concern is the impact it's going to have on the atmosphere, in the, in, particularly in the fan base, and particularly in that game against Birmingham City at the Hawthorns, because um, the last game against Swansea, there, were, there was a lot of empty seats and the atmosphere was quite flat. And that was because I think a lot of them voted with their feet after Darren Moore was sacked and I think a lot of them okay it was a midweek game and the weather was poor yeah. um, which would have had an effect but the atmosphere was slightly mm-hmm. flat um, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm concerned about it puts a lot of pressure um, on the team to perform against Blues because if they don't then you can see it turning quite quickly not necessarily at the players or or at the um, or at Jimmy Shan at all but at the board because mm-hmm. um, I think there are some fans who believe that they have um, failed to act, you know, got this wrong. Well, not got this wrong because we, we, you don't, don't know whether they've got this wrong until you see the games. You know, if they beat Birmingham City and, yeah. and they, they keep winning games, yeah. it, it's vindicated. Yeah. But... I think there are those that that feel that there's been a um, there has been inaction when some some proactive action should have taken place after you know the, it's, it's it's easy to sack a manager the hard thing is to replace him um, but I and while I understand what considering where we are at the end of the mm-hmm. season and, and and considering what happened in the two games that Sham was in charge um, you know there. And the concern is that it's a gamble that if if things don't go well, yeah, might backfire. Are you surprised that they did not have someone in place when the sacking was made? Um, at least maybe not approach someone, but maybe have have a couple of ideas. Because from the outside looking in, I'm not saying myself, but I'm saying from you know. The West Brom board, it's almost like the West Brom don't know what they're doing here. It's ridiculous. They've got this foreign ownership in here. They're sacking managers. They're bringing in managers here, there and everywhere. Now they're getting interim managers. Now they're talking about someone. It doesn't look particularly organised from a club that was probably one of the most organised in the country mm. two to three years ago. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They see the new ownership come in. They see the slap. They see a relegation. They see managers you know, coming, coming and going. It doesn't look good from the outside looking in. Now you've probably got some, you know, you probably like I say, appreci- you can understand. I a appreciate bit more. that, and I think I think there was a, a feeling that Yukanovic might might be ready to come in and step in. Um, I think there was probably a hope, maybe amongst some 
some part of the club that 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 that, that would happen. Um, but then Jukanovic is, is a manager who was too expensive for Stoke and was too expensive for Nottingham Forest. Um, now, from what I gather, it wasn't necessarily down to money. It was more to do with the fact that Jukanovic's uh, methods, which take time to take hold, I think it took a bit of time at Fulham, mm. might not necessarily be the best um, the best fix for a short-term burst. And then you think, okay, what is what is the best fix? Yeah, what is the best? Yeah, yeah, and and is there is there a correct is there, answer? Is there a correct answer? I don't know. Um, as I said, it's, it's without until we see the results, mm. we won't know. My my concern is that a new boss would have got a couple of games of grace. Yeah. Um. Because the new managers always do. Of course. And what Jimmy Shan did, which was brilliant, was win those two games, and it gave Albion a bit of a, um, a bit of a, uh, a cushion to seventh. They're ten points clear of seventh now, Mm -hmm. so it's given them a bit of a cushion. So it gave the new manager who was going to come in or whoever it would be a bit, a bit of a cushion. Okay, look, you can get, you don't have long, but you can have one or two games, and you should be okay. Yeah, and then a couple of slip ups, and and then you'll be okay, and and you can crack on. Yeah. Um, but I think perhaps this decision suggests that th- th- that the bo- that the border are thinking. Well, maybe you know if you if they're on a roll now, mm. sort of. Mm. If Shan can keep this going, then they then they can see out, he can see out the season and and take Albion up through momentum. It seems a bit like last season to me though. When more came in, it's like oh well, we'll throw him in, see what happens. Oh bloody hell, he's doing well, really well here. Oh well. Uh, Let's give him the job. A decent option, cheap option. Obviously, man who's going to come in from West Brom. He's got all the roots. He's got the fans behind him. Oh, James Shank, let's throw him in, and then we'll get someone else in. Oh, actually, he's done all right here. Slightly, it's almost like they're on the, you know, slightly, on the fly a little bit. Slightly, yeah, I agree with that idea, but slightly different. I think um, when James Shan was, was was asked about, you know, the permanent job, he said, "No, look, Darren had first team experience. I don't have that. I've st- stepped up into the first team last some, you know, last year mm. when Darren was appointed." Look, I will do whatever the the uh, the club ask me yeah. to do. I'm employed by the club, and I'll do, and I'll do whatever they can mm-hmm. to the best of my ability. And um, I think he's done well. But I don't think there's any suggestion that he will be the full time permanent. But I think this is this is purely about short term. Mm. Um, and I and I and I think even if he took Albion up, I don't necessarily think there would be a clamour for him to get the full time job because. Um, Perhaps if it was the first time that had happened, but you know, this like you say, this happened last season, mm-hmm. and I think there would be an acknowledgement that actually you need to learn from your mistakes and 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 not and not uh, not make the same mistake again. Has he changed? I mean, you've spoken to him obviously plenty of times before he got the job, um, and 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 since in these last two games, any any difference in him, or has, has he spoken well? Has he come across well? He's been really impressive, and that's the that's the thing. He has come across so well. Pretty much every piece of press he's done, every decision he's made, um, even at, at Brentford where he immediately dedicated the win to Simon Carrington, the club secretary who passed away last week. And um, I think there is perhaps a bit of clear thinking coming from James Shan that, that might not necessarily have been there 
when Darren Moore and Graham Jones were, and uh, Wayne Jacobs were in charge. Um, uh, I think it's, as I said, back to basics, but there is a, I think that there is a clear message that is getting through. Um, and look, we wait and see. I, I've got a lot of time for Jimmy Shan. I think he's, I think he is a very diligent, hardworking coach who has risen through the ranks through um, his his hard work, essentially. Um, and he's got to where he is because of who he is, you know. Um, but I don't think, and I, and I think there is a, there is an argument to include him as a, a first-team coach in the future. You know, Albion mm. used to have uh, Keith Downing and Dean Kiley as their um, sort of constant coaches who would um, who would uh, remain regardless um, if the head coach was sacked, they mm. would stay and mm. they'd be permanent fixtures. When Tony Pudis came in, that that sort of model was was, was thrown away, and, and because Albion were desperate for somebody to, to, to keep them up and Pulis had a, had certain demands that were met and it worked at the time. Um, so, but I think there is a, an element of Albin trying to go back, to, maybe trying to go back to that model and I think Jimmy Shan would be a, a good uh, person to, to do that. Whether a new manager or a new head coach um, later on this season or in the summer would agree to that is, is, is another matter completely. Um, but I think Shan's been impressive. For someone who, who, for a club who set their manager with, with ten games to go and on the cusp of you know potentially another some some playoffs in the Premier League and, and obviously you know do or die potentially depending on how, you know how they finish, you seem to be pretty relaxed about the situation really uh, managerially from, from from listening to you. Me? Yeah. Well, of what will be will be you know and, and not too concerned whether they appoint someone whether they don't or whether they go with Shan or, or whether they get they get someone else in. Is that correct or are you kind of a little bit? Apprehensive and not know, you know, going forward. Well, I suppose I'm relaxed, relaxed because it's not my, it's not my job on the line or anything like that. But I think um, you're not. Like, I'm, I'm, we've look, got to I'm, get this guy in, otherwise we're not going to go up. You know, it's not that no, kind because of you a... can't predict the future. And I and I get the argument that bringing in a manager now, whether it's Shakanovic or Neil or somebody who a a a traditional manager who wants to I've got my own way of playing. I've got I want to stamp my authority on this team. I want to play this way, that way. It's gonna take a couple of get three or four games to uh to take hold. I understand the dangers in doing that at mm. this stage of the mm. season and I and I and I think I understand the logic behind getting Shan with the help of an experienced coach and with the help of the players um, get them to get them to the end of the season. My concern, as I said earlier, was about the atmosphere at the grounds, yeah, and also the playoffs, mm-hmm. because um, as as many games as Shan has uh, taken charge of in the under twenty threes and the under eighteens, you know, there's nothing quite like the pressure of a one off game right. or, or a two or you know a two legged playoff semi final. So I do think he needs a bit of he needs someone to hold his hand, yeah. And I would like to see an appointment of an experienced coach alongside him, um, if he is going to see up the season. But I don't. But I think having watched the two games, that's probably why I'm not so completely nervous. Sure, because sure. yes, Swansea could have won that game quite quite easily. I, I, 
I completely get that. But I think what what we've seen over the course of Shan's very limited tenure, and it is very limited, is a slight grow a growing in confidence. Mm-hmm. A a a team that has okay, we're used to this. We are we're used to playing this way. We understand these these tactics. We we feel capable of of delivering them. And the second half against Brentford was very good. Yeah, it was it was a very professional performance. Um, so that's probably and you know I I will wait and see what happens. You know you can in the same way that you can never really judge transfer business until later down the line Mm -hmm. I suppose you can't really judge this until later down the line albeit I understand the concerns and I have some of my own about having um, Shan in charge till the end of the season Okay well you talked about that and and, and the two obviously two good wins that that have you know well like you say um, 10 points away from from Preston in seventh, and, and but still seven points off the top two. Um, two players who did impress you in the in the one nil win at Brentford, Sam Johnson and Kyle Edwards. Yeah, it was great to see Kyle Edwards um, given a chance. First league start, and then he popped up with a moment of individual brilliance. It was fantastic, and uh, I was sitting in front of Rob Gurney from WM who went absolutely ballistic behind <laughs> me, which was very funny. Great. Um, yeah, it's a great goal, and he, he he spoke to us afterwards. He's a lovely fella. He's from Dudley, and it's it's a great story as well because he went just as he was supposed to be coming through. You know that age when you're supposed to come through 17, 18, 19. Mm. He got two really bad injuries that that kept him out for nine months and four months, and um, he, you know, he's had to work hard to get back to where he was. He he was out of contract at the end of last. Uh, at the end of at the end of last season, but he had a loan spell at Exeter City, which went really well. He scored in the player final for them, and that was enough to earn him a new deal. And he was brilliant in pre-season. And I thought we might have seen more of him this season, but um, fair mm. play to Jimmy Shan for for throwing him in, and he delivered, didn't he? Um, a really good performance from him. Um, when well, that was a bit jittery at start because yeah. of, because of the wind, but no, he was he was superb second half and. Uh, delighted for him and, and Sam Johnston just seems to get better and better as the season wears on now I wonder if that's an impact of Gary Walsh the goalkeeping coach who's come in um, or whether it, you know in the last two games where he's been superb whether it's just the fact that he's not being asked to, to play out from the back anymore mm. he if he wants to he can kick it um, and I wonder if that's having a psychological impact on him freeing up his mind allowing him to pull off those ridiculous saves I would say that he's been quite a good shot stopper all season um, but now he's looked a lot he's looking a lot better with crosses um, and a lot better with the ball at his feet. So, yeah, he's he's, he's looking every inch now, the player that Albion signed in the summer. Um, and it, it's looking like good money spent now. Um, so, yeah, pleased with him. And two players who maybe struggled to make an impact on the game in, in Stephanie Johansson and Dwight Gale. Obviously, Johansson comes to the club and is still trying to find his feet. Hasn't quite worked for him for him yet. Can you see it working for him? Or do you think that maybe he's he's not one to... To be in that, let's say, let's say they get to the playoffs and playoff final, that he's not in that strongest eleven. And Dwight Gale obviously needs a goal. Yeah, Johansson is an interesting one. I've been quite disappointed with him. Um, he was brilliant against Stoke, I thought, and then against QPR, but and then also against Brentford. I didn't think he had his best game. Look, he did improve after half time, as the whole team did. And what he's got, obviously, got some strengths. I think he's quite good at um, actually being a bit of a number ten in a weird way. Um, 
he's better than I thought he would be at um, sort of carrying the ball and picking a pass um, towards the strikers. And there was a couple of times in the second half where he made a very where he made some good interventions and, and got the ball forward. But I just off the ball, I just don't think he's very good at all. I mean, he just seems to let players either drift past him or he fouls them or he doesn't close down shots quickly enough. The ball always seems to get past him and get through him. Yeah, I'm just a bit concerned about that side of his game. So maybe um, he needs to be a bit further forward. Um, I don't know, but he's look. I, I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed with him, but he did improve after the break and, and did actually set up a couple of chances. So mm. um, hopefully more to come from him, but maybe he's just that sort of player. Um, yeah. As for Gale, mm. yeah, six games without a goal for him, which in the championship is a, is a massive drought for Gale, knowing how good he is. Um, I won't fault his effort. He ran the channels all day, every day, very windy conditions. Um, that's what he'll always give you. Um I've, I just think he needs, he, needs one of the, he needs a goal to go in, and I think the floodgates will open. He's had a couple of shots in the last two games, which he's snatched at a little bit, and they've gone they've gone over or wide, and that's really unlike him because he's been so clinical this season. Um, but I like where he's playing up front on his own, running the channels. Um, I like that. So um, you know, I'd, I, 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 there's no I, there's no case for me to, to drop him out of the team. I, you, yeah. I think you leave him where he is, and mm-hmm. you. You, you back him to get a goal. Yes, just keep on playing. Because it's Dwight, it's yeah. Dwight Gale yeah, in the championship. He, yeah. will, he will score. And I wouldn't be surprised if he scored against Blues, to be mm. honest. Uh, Salomon Rondon scoring as well, by the way. He is £50 indeed. million pounds, Salomon Rondon. Well, uh, yeah, that was a strange statement, wasn't it? Mm, very strange. I mean, look, I mean, it's all good for good for Albion, though, isn't it? For anyone that didn't hear, Tony Cascarino claimed in his, his Monday column in the Times that, that Salomon Rondon is a Champions League player, the best signing in the Premier League this season, and... Could be worth fifty million pounds. Well, Interesting. He's, I mean, he's scoring goals at he's least. Scoring goals, but he's got ten goals this season. Yeah, and I would, you know, there's there's quite a few strikers that I mean, Raúl Jiménez has got yeah, yeah. fifteen, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, that that's a silly statement for me. Mm. But that being said, his 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 value is going up. And has he done I, better than you thought he would? Um, or about the same. You thought I mean, the Premier League, thought, probably around about ten. You thought before. about ten goals. I think I think he's done quite well for them. I think he's obviously thriving under Benitez, um, and he is a gladiator. And I think I think he's I think he's an okay player. I don't mm. think I don't think he's a fantastic finisher, um, but I think he works his socks off. Um, I think he's a good um, he's a good Premier League striker that will get you. That could get you ten goals a season. He's got a release clause if Albion don't go up of sixteen and a half million, and I think it's looking increasingly like that could be hit. So, oh for sure, um, you know whether by Newcastle or someone else. I mean, he he, he it, I think a ten goals ten goal strike in the Premier League this um, these days is probably worth about sixteen and a half million. So, um, I would I would be surprised if Albion don't go up with it if he if he if that wasn't triggered. If they do, can you envisage a situation where they're saying no, we're keeping you, pal? We want you. I can, but I don't think Rondon has many intentions of coming back. I think he's, he's quite, the club, though, isn't he's it? quite enamoured with Newcastle. Yeah, but I think there might be a deal to be done because he's in the final year of his contract. Mm. So um, if if Albion kept him, then they risk losing him on a free next season and he could stink the place out. I'd actually, actually, I don't think he would. I don't think he's that sort of character at well, all. Well, I was going to say to you he's that, like, that he's a pretty, pretty, seems pretty professional. He's not, that, he's not that sort of guy. I don't think yeah. he would. But... Um, you know, I think there's probably a deal to be done there somewhere. Okay, uh, right. Uh, let's take some questions then from the peeps. Uh, here we go. Lots of really good questions. Uh, Jake B at American Baggy asks, 
What is up with Wes Houlihan? Is he fit? Is he on the fringe? Or is he injured? Oh, I've, I've had no indication that he's injured. Um, so he must just not be being getting pipped at the moment. I actually think he's been you know, underused this season. I, I do, I do, I do agree with that. I think it, when you want to break down a stubborn opposition, and who else to who else can you bring off the bench? He is one of those players that can play in the number ten role that Albion seem to lack. Mm. Um, I do, I do think he, I think he probably could have been played a, a bit more this season. Yeah. James Atid asks if they look to bring in help, who will be the interim manager? Would experienced coaches like Shakespeare and Appleton seriously want to come and be underneath Shan? Could it lead to another Jones and Moore situation? That's a good question. Um, I think James Shan will be uh, consulted and he'll have his own ideas of who he wants. I think there'll probably be somebody who's got an affiliation to Albion, knows the club, you know, is aware of maybe some of the more experienced players in, in, in the team you know like Sir Bronson Morrison um, I think Appleton Shakespeare and also Stephen Reid are names that have been mooted it could be somebody else um, we'll wait and see on that front um, but I do think Shan needs uh, someone to help him because at the moment he's doing it with Dion Burton who's a loans manager and Jamie Smith who's the under-23s manager who until not that long ago was under-18s manager so mm. I think he he needs he needs at least another pair of hands in there because they've they've got rid of three coaches and more Jones and Jacobs and they've only well they haven't you know replaced any of them yet so I think um, I think he could use a safe pair of hands to just to help him and I but I think Shan is his own man as well I think he's I mean I think he does have um, his own ideas on the game and and hmm. you know I, I I don't think it'll be another situation like that. Daniel McCulloch, do you believe that central midfield is the biggest concern for Shan? We rarely have control of it, over, over it. Uh, we have too many midfielders who cannot get around the pitch and too few who don't stop, create or score goals. Livermore alongside Brunt slash Barry is particularly concerning. I would agree with that. I think it's been an area of the pitch that has been lacking all season. Um, they haven't found a solution to it. I've been surprised that, that Sam Field hasn't played more minutes. I think he gives you an element of control and he's also got a, that, that youthful dynamism um, but he's, he seems to have fallen behind Rakeem Harper in the pecking order. Um, even though I think off the ball Sam is probably a bit better. I think on the ball Rakeem's probably the better player but off the ball I think I think Sam's probably better. So um, you know, I think there is a, there is a, a, a there is definitely a way of getting uh, the right solution in there. Um, you've seen Brunt playing as, as, as CDM in the last two games, and he's played quite well. Um, I think Morrison helps, um, but if you play both of them, you need a bit of legs beside them. You know, I don't think you can play Barry or Livermore alongside that, which is probably why Shan went with Johansson. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe Field or Harper would be would be an idea as well. Um, they've certainly got enough players in there. To, to find the solution, but I think um, I think it's interesting how how important actually in the last two games Brunt and Morrison have been, um, and, and like I said earlier, they, they, they do lack a number ten. Josh Evitz, uh, why don't uh, the boardroom ever learn? It's exactly the same as last season with a different target at the end of it, asking us to renew season tickets after putting us in yet another mess. Well, I suppose if if you don't want to renew your season ticket, you don't have to, do you? Um, and um, I understand 
I understand what what he's saying about the fact that um, you've got two caretakers at this stage of the season, and I said it was it felt like deja vu after Brentford. But I don't think it's. I do think they're slightly different situations because, in my opinion, Pardew, well, not my opinion, it is fact. Pardew was left to linger far too long, whereas you could argue that more. Um, I don't say I don't want, don't want to say went early, but um, yeah, it was a shock sacking, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So um, you know, um, I don't think there was any other time in the season when you could have sacked him. I mean, I'd, it. it there wasn't really a, a point, I don't think. So um, I don't, I don't know if that's that's the case. I, I, I think more, and you've got to remember, it's they've got a new technical director, slightly different. I think, I think the, at, at this stage, it, it the, the bigger question is 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 why or they haven't appointed a new head coach. Whereas towards the end of last season, you. Mm. It was sort of gone, so yeah. um, and they waited too long in that situation. It's a slightly different situation here. Uh, Anthony Keff, if we fail to get promoted this season, what are the chances of lies selling, or do you believe it could kick him up the backside to invest more? <laughs> well, yeah. you can't see the latter. It would you? be great, wouldn't it, if, it, if that was the case? Um, I don't think so because Albion's parachute payments dwindle by. Uh, Seven million, I think it is next season. Now they can make that up in player sales, and they are going to have to sell some players in the summer. They can't afford to keep the, all of the current crop on on the wages they are on for the next season. And I expect quite a few players will go. Um, it's about how you reinvest that money, though, isn't it? It's about who you bring in and to replace them. Is your recruitment good enough to? To um, to get the right players in, we've seen this season that recruit how important recruitment is in the championship. Norwich, mm. Norwich City have done have done wonders um, because of how well they've recruited. So I, I, I do. I can't remember what the question was. I was what was the question? <laughs> we've done this a lot today. Yeah, I know. Um, if we put, you know, if we fail to get promoted, what are the chances of him selling? Oh right, there is obviously um, a case that he could. Um, it could cut his losses, but I don't think I. I think that future, that eventuality, is probably another year down the line because they've also got a good chance of going back up next season because they will still have quite a significant financial um, parachute payment. Yeah, they will have a financial um, superiority over a number of clubs in the division. So, yes, they need to get up this season. And this is their best chance, but I think next season is is also a good chance. Okay, uh, Paul Harris. How much positive influence do you think Chris Brunt has over the players due to his experienced service in being club captain? He's seen many comings and goings over the years and will Shan lean on him slightly? Is this a good or bad thing? Um, I think, as in any club, you, you need a mixture of youth and experience. Um, and I think players like Brunt and Morrison um, and Gareth Barry are invaluable, um, provided they're used correctly. Not and they're not lent on too much. I think um, James Sham will probably will probably look and speak to those experienced members of his of his group. And you've got to remember that the likes of Brunt and Morrison do deep deeply care about the club and are desperate to for it to be successful. Um, I I think is it a good or a bad thing? It, that's a difficult question. I, I think it depends on the situation, but I I, I wouldn't say that 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 Brunt or Morrison's 
influence in the dressing room is, would ever be detrimental. I think it would it would always be mm-hmm. to try and get the best out of the team. Um, so you know, I don't. I, I suppose the argument there is an argument should Albin try to move on, but um, I think players players like that. I think their experience can can be key um, at, at key times. Um, you know, particularly when when the pressure is on uh, towards the end of the season. Andy Smith, do you want to see West Brom promoted this season? If so, do you believe we can have more of an impression than the previous few seasons we spent there? Oh, that's a big question. It's a big question. Um, at the moment, I need to be convinced because you know there's a lot there's a lot up in the air. You need a new manager. You need maybe a few new players, and yeah. there's a lot of loanies. What's going to happen with them? We're a long way away from knowing how they're going to how they're going to look. Um, do I want them to get promoted this season? I suppose the obvious answer would be yes. Of course, you want the team you're covering and support to do as well as they as they possibly could. But I must admit, I thoroughly enjoy the championship. I actually find it a lot more enjoyable than the Premier League. You, anything can happen in any game. Um, it, there, there seems to be more character and. and and more fun. The games are, are more unpredictable. Um, I, you know, I mean, the, but that's me being quite selfish, I suppose. The, the you know, you, the ideal is to get get promoted and, and try and build something mm-hmm. slowly and uh, and and do as well as you possibly can. Um, I, you know, I think it's quite unambitious to say, oh, you know, I don't want to go up. But um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pretend that I haven't enjoyed this season. It's been. Thoroughly enjoyable a number of times. We've, you know, Albion have scored as many goals this year as they did in the last two seasons combined. You know, it's, they they've won more away games this season than they have in the last three seasons combined. Yeah, for sheer sort of enjoyment factor, yeah. mm-hmm. there is more to mm-hmm. enjoy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Callum Hayward, no Harper in the last squad match. Any reason why? No, I just think he was he was rested. Um, picked up a little bit of a knock against Swansea. Um, and as as James Shan said, he, he wanted to uh, freshen up the midfield, and I think that worked well. I think too many times this season, Albion have tried to play midfielders sort of back to back, and it's a demanding league. And these are players that are used to thirty eight game leagues, and we're now well, we've played thirty eight games, haven't we? So we're now into the red zone, as it were, um, for some of these players. So they, you know, it. I, I don't think that was a bad choice from Shan at all. Last couple of questions. Leo, uh, if we end up in the playoffs, would you rather build a team around experience, Moza, Brunty, etc., or do you think the youngsters have less pressure on their shoulders from past failings in the playoffs? I would build it around experience. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody... I don't think the likes of Brunt, Morrison, Barry, I don't think any of them are scarred from, from past failings. Mm. I... I I understand the argument that there is a uh, freedom on the young players' shoulders to go out and express yourself. Don't worry about the ramifications of this. But I but think we've seen players freeze as well, and the last thing you want is someone to freeze on on the biggest stage for that kind of money. Uh, I just, I just think you, you, you've got, you've got to look to your experienced mm-hmm. pros to get mm-hmm. you through that. And um, that doesn't mean you don't play youngsters. It right, doesn't right, mean right, you don't play the likes of Harper or Field if you if you if you need to and if you and if you think it's right for the game or the occasion or whatever. But I would be minded to go yeah down that route. Last one then. A lot of people asking this question to you, Matt. Dan Fisher asked if you had to bring in a manager, who would it be and why? 
Um, I'll give you the, the bookies, um, bookies odds at the moment. Current West Brom manager, permanent West Brom manager. Uh, James Shan is the 8-11 to favourite now. Jukanovic is out to 5-1. to Alex Neal, 6-1. to and then we're 20 to 1 on Michael Appleton, Lee Johnson 25, David Moyes 25s. I don't know. If I had to bring in a manager, who would I bring in? Um, I suppose of the names that, that, that have been mooted, I quite like the idea of Jukanovic. He plays some nice football. Um, I don't necessarily think the problems at Fulham this season were all down to him. Um, and he's got he's got two teams promoted out of the out of the championship, so he's obviously got a pedigree there. Um, but ultimately, it's you know appointing a manager is not necessarily about what they've done before, um, or what or what you know what they've done at other clubs. It's about what what they can do at your club, and, it, and it's about getting a, a feel for whether they are the right man for you, for your club and and the players that you've got and the the. the the model that you that you're trying to get you're trying to espouse, um, which is very difficult to ascertain. You know, there is an element of luck in all of it. In mm-hmm. all of this, you know, um, managers that are a good fit for a certain club are not necessarily a good fit for another club. So I don't know. But out, out of those names, I suppose, um, I suppose I would go for Yukanovich. Although. Um, I like Lee Johnson at Bristol City as well, although he's, just a bit, he's a bit up and down. But you know, there's feisty one. Yeah, feisty one. I would like to see at one stage Derek McInnes get a, get get a chance. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he's he's uh, he's done a lot of work up in Scotland, and I know it's not the same um, as English football. I know the standards probably not as, not as good, but I think you know he's not playing; he's managing. So he and he's managed some volatile. He's seen some volatile atmospheres and some yeah. and some pressure situations up there, um, and he's by and large done quite well with mm-hmm. with Aberdeen. So I'd like to see McInnes get a chance um, at some stage, and I think um, he's somebody that gets Albion. Yeah, he is somebody that knows Albion, um, and you know, I, I, I'm not saying it should be the next appointment. Mm-hmm. I'm not, um, but I'd like to see him at one day get get a go. Okay, good stuff. Thank you very much for your questions this week, everyone. Excellent, as always. So, Matt, West Brom fourth in the table. Um, look, whether it's, James, whether, whether it's James Shine, whether it's anyone else taking them forward, the, the likelihood is, the, the way that things are going at the moment, with, with four or five games left, West Brom could almost be cementing the playoffs with no chance of hitting the top two. How do you think Albion approached that in terms of personnel for the last few games? In terms of motivation, do you rest players? Do you do you manage them? Do you do you do you play your strongest side right the way through because you don't want them to, to lose a bit, lose the form that they're in? Is it? It's a very difficult situation that has happened to teams in the past. Um, what what do you do? What how would you approach it? It's a good question. I think um, at the moment, I think they're probably still dreaming of top two. I think they're thinking right if we win all our games, we finish on ninety one points. That gives us a chance. I think Norwich have gone. I think they're up, um, but then you're hoping that Sheffield United or Leeds blow up, um, and they've both got a few tricky, tricky fixtures coming up. Um, you can need both of them to blow up, don't you? You need them both to blow up. Mm. I, I personally don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't. I don't think you know. Albion will think about 2001, 2002 when they won seven and drew one of the last eight games and overhauled a ten point de- deficit to uh, Wolves. Um, 
So it has been done before. It can be done again. Um, but I don't think... I just think Leeds and Sheffield United are too good at the moment. Mm. So I just even if Albin go on a mad run, I don't think it's going to happen. So if that situation that you just described happens, I think you have to manage each player. You know, if you think... You speak to each of them individually. If you think they need some time off, you give them, a, you rest them for a game, but you don't want them to be off it come sure. the playoffs. Sure. So um, you need to, and then you maybe just take it easy during the games. You, you, you know, you keep that intensity up, but you don't go absolutely flying into flying tackle, tackles yeah. and, mm. and risk getting injured. Mm. Maybe take a few players off in sixty minutes if they just need to to calm down. I just think you manage manage it as sensibly as you can. Mm. Um, there is a big gap between the end of the season and the playoffs, though. So, you know, it's, it's, it's it, you, yeah. it is it is difficult, and you, you don't. Last thing you want is for muscles to sort of seize up, and that's why you, that's why you always seem to get um, in playoff finals. You know, players with cramp is because there's been such a break between the season, a relentless season finishing, mm-hmm. and the playoffs starting. So let's say let's take it from now. Let's take it from now. We're, we're nearly finished. I know you've got to be a busy man. Um, so Leeds are third. Let's so let's say this is how it finishes. Um, in the season, Leeds third, or well, Leeds, West Brom, Middlesbrough, and Villa in the playoffs. Who would you want in the semi-finals? Leeds, West Brom, Middlesbrough, and Villa in the playoffs. Well, I wouldn't want Leeds. I wouldn't want Villa. I wouldn't want Middlesbrough. <laughs> I think at, at the moment, out of all those, you'd have Middlesbrough because mm. I think they're on a downward turn. Yeah. And I actually don't, and I, and I know it's obviously the purest factor and. He's a great against his former clubs, but I actually think that had Albion played against Middlesbrough the way they're playing now, um, they, they probably would have won. I don't think Middlesbrough are any great shakes. No. I think they are on a downward trend. I don't even think they're going to finish in the top six, to be honest. No. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see any other of the teams a below. Preston or a Derby, Sheffield Bristol Wednesday. City, Wednesday. They've all got chances, haven't they? Yeah. You know, Forest, there, there are teams that are knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. I imagine, I imagine the scenario is going to be. Albion finish fourth, Villa finish fifth, and it's going to be playoff semis. Carnage uh, at the Hawthorns. And, you think Villa? You think Villa are going to be in the playoffs? Yeah, you think they're going to have? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, they, since Grealish has come back, they look yeah. unstoppable, don't they? So, yeah. um, I, I, I think that's probably written in the stars, and it will be very interesting to see what happens. Good stuff. Right, last question for me. Who will be Westbrook predictions? Who will be Westbrook manager against Birmingham City? Who will be West Brom manager in the playoff final? Because that's where they're going. And who will be manager on the first game in the Premier League next season? Okay. Birmingham City will be James Sham. James Sham. Playoff final. You can have two if you need two. I think it might be. I think it might be James Shan and someone else. James Shan and a another. And a, a another. Michael Appleton potentially or well I don't know about that but somebody okay. someone somebody. okay James Shan flanked by 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 a helper an elf. Yeah. Okay. And uh, next season Premier League all bets are off. <laughs> if it's Premier League all bets are off. Okay. I think if it's championship if it's championship then. If it's championship I think it's probably Alex Neal. Alex Neal okay. But if it's Premier League God no, knows. Who knows? Okay, good stuff. Thank you very much, Matt. Really appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed the managerial special. We'll be back next Monday with all the build-up for the big game against Blues. Have a great international break. For Matt, from myself, have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.